Lord, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I want to welcome you to our Romans teaching today. We're actually shooting live on YouTube right now, my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and it should archive there after we're done. But today is part five of our Romans teaching in chapter two. There are 23 sessions, I believe, in chapter one, and you can avail yourself to all of those there. Again, however you're watching this, you can find all those teachings and even more uh, lots and lots of preaching sermons, the worship music, uh, the Galatians teaching, and this present ongoing Romans teaching uh, live right now today, trying it live. And uh, so if it works out, we'll just uh, pray about uh, maybe doing that, but we're just checking things out today. But we're in chapter 2, and I'm so glad you're with us. I pray you'd get your Bible, follow along with us, so you will see what God says. And hopefully, after this session, we will know some things about what God has said. Amen. Well, last week we uh we we talked about how God through the apostle Paul was telling the church in Rome not to condemn those who once knew God and who were now spiraling down, no longer retaining God in their knowledge, changing the glory of God in, into something other, changing the truth of God into a lie, and all that whole list of things. They became backbiters and uh, unthankful and all those things at the end of chapter 1. But here in chapter 2, the Lord is telling the church in Rome, and He's telling you and me, don't condemn those people. Remind them that the judgment of God is according to truth in verse 2. And, and then he goes on down and he says the, the, the warning there is for us because if we are condemning them, then we're, we have forgotten that the judgment of God is according to truth. And if we won't repent from our condemning them, we won't repent from being guilty of the same things they're doing, then he says in verse 5 that uh, you're going to store up unto yourself wrath against the day of wrath uh, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. And then he begins to, and we don't need to forget that he's talking to the church, born again, spirit-filled believers, watch this in verse 6, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Now, the Lord is coming, and he's going to reward, he's going to render, he's going to give men uh, rewards, uh, rebukes. He's going to render to every man according to our needs. Watch. Then he gives a couple of avenues. Watch this in verse 7. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. There's... That's, that's what he's going to give, eternal life to those. Well, I know we already have eternal life, but he's talking about the, the, the experience of this eternal life. And even more so when he comes, praise God, we step off into uh, something we've never known, the uh, place of the unknown where we leave the, everything we know it as it is today, and we step off into immortality and eternal life forever. We have eternal life in us now. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. But we're going to step off into an eternity, into something different than we've ever known before. And the Bible here says, those who by patient continuing continuance in well-doing 
Seek for glory. Seek for those things. There's a, there's a need for patience. The Bible says that in uh, Hebrews 10 and 36 that you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And Luke also writes of the, the parable of the seed and the sower that Jesus told about, taught on, and that it's only the good heart that's able to hear the word keep the word, and bring forth fruit with patience. There's no need to quit, my friend. There's no need to quit. We must keep going, even though we know Acts 14.22, after the, the, the Bible tells us there that we must, and, I, and it says this, we must with much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. There, if you're going to enter into and if you're a Christian, you've already entered in through the door. But the Bible, the New Testament, teaches that we should be entering in. Amen. When you when you moved in your apartment or your home or whatever you wherever you live, you didn't just walk in the door and you've been standing there ever since. You entered on into the kitchen. You you entered on into the bedroom, the living room. You, we continue to enter on into the kingdom, and the Bible says we must with much tribulation enter on into the kingdom. That's why it takes patience. You may not see today what you thought you might see, what you prayed about seeing, what you wanted to see, but the Bible says we do see Jesus. Praise be to God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. We see Jesus. We may not understand although the Bible says everything has been put under his feet, although we don't see that right now, but we do see Jesus. We can always look to Jesus, and when we look to Christ and what He did at Calvary, then the patience will be there. Patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is allowed to work through our faith in the cross, our faith and trust in God's Word, then patience will be there. Patience will have its perfect work and there will be no lack. It's what the Bible says in the book of James, praise God. But there's another avenue, uh, and this is, let's not forget, we're talking to the church, saved, born-again people, okay? Are you, are you ready for this? First of all, he's going to render to every man according to his deeds, whether it's those who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, the reward eternal life. Or, but unto them that are content not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. Think about that. These folks that will not continue patiently in well-doing are those who've turned away from the cross. The power of God, the Bible says, is in the preaching of the cross. And the reason it is is because when I hear that preaching, I place my faith in that the power of God, the Holy Spirit, begins to work in my life. He's the one that enables me to continue and do well. I cannot just decide I'm going to do that. I, I can't do that. I can place my faith in the sacrifice of Christ, 
what He did there for me on the cross. And the Holy Spirit, just like He did the moment I was born again, moved in and went to work. If I keep my faith in the sacrifice, I can continue in well-doing because I can do all things through Christ Jesus. That means through faith in His sacrifice. Not just faith in a word, Jesus. Not just faith in a man. Faith in what made Him my Jesus. Faith in what made Him my Savior. Faith in what He did at Calvary gets me saved, justified, keeps me in the path of sanctification. And get ready for this, it keeps me continually doing good because it's the Holy Spirit working through me doing good. If my faith, and I need to throw this in today, if my faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, then that's just me putting on a show of good and I'm not going to get rewarded for it. And it can appear to everybody in the world like it's good deeds and and it may have an appearance of good. But if it's not the Holy Spirit doing the work through me, There will be no rewards for it. And I know I speak from experience. I can get caught up in doing good outward looking things when my faith is not in Christ and the cross. My faith has actually been turned to the works I'm doing now. I'm expecting, demanding that now God owes me. God doesn't owe me anything. I owe Him everything. Hallelujah. And let me say this about works. No one has ever, will ever be saved by works. But once we are saved by grace through faith, works are there for us to walk in. And whether we're walking in the works that are ordained for us to walk in, found only in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2.10, or we're walking in works outside of those found in Christ, the Lord is coming to render to every man according to his deeds. Every man. Whether it's those that are obeying the truth, it doesn't mean opening the Bible and doing what it says, although that is a type of obedience. But first of all, my friends, you have to be obedient before you can obey. And Romans chapter 6, let's just turn a couple of pages over today. And maybe there's new viewers. Maybe there's uh, a people who've never heard this before. And for you and me, praise God, we get to hear it again. We ought to be excited about that. Romans chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Watch this. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. What doctrine was that? Well, let's read the next verse and it will confirm that it was the gospel, the message of the cross. Watch. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. You begin to serve. You began in that moment when God says you obeyed, you became obedient to the truth when you believed the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. As long as your faith stays in that, what God considers having made you obedient through, then you will be obedient even in your acts according to what is written in the Word. How many of you know that if your faith is in water baptism, 
If your faith is in the works you're doing, if your faith is in the words you speak, if, if your faith is in any other thing than Christ and Him crucified, even the acts of what appears to be obedient that you're living according to by the Word is disobedience. If your faith is not in the cross, you're no longer in that place where God sees you as obedient. So therefore, all that you do, even if it's according to the Word, know this, my friend, it's just you. It's not the Holy Spirit through you. The Holy Spirit preached the gospel to you. You believe the gospel. God says you obeyed it. And the Holy Spirit baptized you into the death of Jesus, freed you from sin, hallelujah, and made you a servant of righteousness. And in that twinkling of an eye moment, you began doing good because you could. You were classified now by God through your faith in the cross as obedient. And then the Holy Spirit could begin to lead you in the Word of God. And the Word could then become a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. Let me just be blunt. I'm not being ugly. But all who have their faith today, right now, in anything other than the cross, God's Word cannot be their lamp and light. It cannot be their lamp and light. Somebody needs to say amen. You can use it to try to do good, but if it's not the work of the Holy Spirit, the one who began the work in you because of your faith in the cross, and who will continue to perform that work through your faith in the cross alone, then it's off track. Did you get that? Watch this. So when Paul is here writing in chapter 2, he's listing the second group of folks that the Lord is going to render to them according to their deeds as well. Let's read it again. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish, upon every soul of man that does evil, and the Jew first and also the Gentile. It starts out by being contentious. Just all just looking for a bait, just looking. <clears throat> they do not obey the truth, but they obey unrighteousness. We, we could not talk too much about this. If my faith is not in the cross, I may even be obeying, but it's in an unrighteous manner. Can I tell you again today, for those of you who aren't tired of hearing it, that every word God has ever spoken, the entire Bible, He says in Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Every word God has ever spoken, the entire Bible to humanity, for the church to be able to understand the Word of God, we must see it through the avenue God has given us to see it. And then we'll be able to understand the world and its condition, the church and its condition, me and my condition. Every word God has ever spoken, He's spoken in righteousness. And the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. I can never say this too much. We're in a reformation right now. Those that will grab this cling to it because it is the word of God. Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. 
Romans 1, 16 and 17, the righteousness of, of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. Only in the gospels do we understand what God has said. He laid the foundational stone from before the foundation of the world. He laid it in the slain lamb, his son, coming to die. And the first message he preached in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve, he preached that message. The promise he had already laid from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Your rock of ages, your chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He is your Genesis, your first word. He is your revelation. He is the last word. Hallelujah. And He has given us His word in righteousness. We can look through the God. doesn't mean you just get saved and it all happens now. No, it means you got saved because you received the word of God in its righteous context. The revealing of God offering you His righteousness to take your sin upon His Son on the cross. When you placed your faith in that truth, God says you became obedient to that. You became obedient to Him. Not when you opened the Bible and saw that you should go to church or give tithes and offerings or pray. You were not obedient until you were classified as obedience. You could not obey God. And even now... We can obey unrighteousness. It's when we're trying to obey God's Word out of its righteous context. We must see the Word of God through the Gospel. Then its righteous context appears. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6-9 through 9 tells us that we have been enabled by God to be New Testament ministers. And Jesus said the New Testament is in my blood. That's what He said at the Last Supper. So think about that. We have been able, enabled by God to be New Testament ministers. And if you read on there, 2 Corinthians 3, verses 8 and 9, it says that the New Testament is of the Spirit and of righteousness. That means the Holy Spirit, the truth He reveals to you is always going to portray the righteousness of God. That means He's only going to speak about Jesus, what Jesus provided at Calvary, and through that avenue of truth that saved you, He can reveal the truth of God's Word that can lead you in the path of righteousness. And somebody said, glory to God, hallelujah, amen. This is just good stuff in these last days to know that it's not just K-Sarah-Sarah, whatever will be. No, God has given us His Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We live by every word that proceeds out of His mouth, hallelujah. But listen, you must see everything through the God. I hope this is. I know it's helped you if you'll just believe the Bible. Forget what that preacher said. I'm telling you what God has said today. I'm showing you the avenue by which you can hear God, understand God, walk with God, and see the fruit of God in your life and know that when He comes to render every man according to their deeds, you're going to get the good stuff, praise God. You're going to be one because of your patient continuance in well-doing. You've sought for glory and honor and immortality, and you're going to step right into a big boatload of eternal life. Hallelujah. That's good news, my friend. We're, we don't have to worry about quitting 
because we don't feel like keeping on going. If you just look at the cross and see the obedience of Christ, that's what the Bible tells us to do, praise God, that we're to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Lest you grow weary and faint in your minds, consider the one that endured such contradiction of sinners. If you'll just look to Jesus and what He endured on your behalf and place your faith there in what He did for you at the cross, that same faith that He died presenting. He lived by grace, died by grace through faith, and that same grace and faith will be the grace and faith that you live by. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm, That's good stuff. Watch this now. Verse 10, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that works good. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. What are we going to get for working good? What are we going to get for allowing the one who is good to work in us and through us? Hallelujah. Because our faith is in what allows him to do that. It says here we're going to get glory, honor, and peace to every man that works good. And that's not just coming, my friend. The experience of those things are right now. For the one who is our hope of glory dwells within us right now. The one who is is our honor before God, Jesus Christ, dwells within us us right now. And and He is our peace. Colossians 1.20 He made our peace by the blood of His cross. Hallelujah. We have the experience of these things right now. And we'll be rewarded when He comes rendered for our good works that we allowed Him to do in and through our lives. Let me say it again. Nobody has ever or will ever be saved or sanctified by works. But once you are saved and sanctified, you belong to Christ now. You've been purchased by His blood. Hallelujah. There are works to walk in. And you still, as a child of God, have to choose to continue in well-doing. If you didn't, if it was just an automatic thing, we wouldn't need to have this in the Bible. This is to the church. This is a warning and an encouragement to keep going. You're not, listen, your labor's not in vain. Continue in well-doing. And that don't mean you go out and just work yourself to death. That means we, listen, the Bible in the book of Hebrews teaches us that we are to rest. We've entered into a rest, the rest of God, R-E-S-T, the rest of God. The way we entered in the Bible there in Hebrews teaches us that it is by believing. So even though it's with much tribulation that we enter into the kingdom of God. Again, what was that? Acts 14.22. Our entering into the kingdom of God, even though it's with much tribulation, we are at rest with the Lord while we're in much tribulation. We have a rest that the world doesn't have. We even have a rest as our faith is in the cross that the church forfeits because they're trying to work for it and There are works, but there are the works that are in Christ. I'll share something profound with you, and you may have heard me say it before, but if we can look this morning at Ephesians, talking about works this morning, if we can look at Ephesians chapter 2, and I might have shared this in my last broadcast, but that's okay. I've heard it said that repetition is your best teacher. 
We don't just need to hear one message on something. That's why a lot of times the Lord gives me uh, parts one, two, three, four, five, up to ten, twelve parts of a, of a message. We, we really don't get things too quick. I want you to know that I don't, and I don't feel like too many people do. We need to hear and hear and hear again. Amen. Ephesians 2.10 tells us, For we are His workmanship. Oh, you ought to be shouting with that because we're His workmanship. We didn't work our way in. He worked us in when He shed His blood for us on that cross. Hallelujah. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That was through our faith in Him and what He did on the cross. That's our born-again experience. We've been created, a new creation in Christ. Glory to God. But watch this. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before <coughs> excuse me, ordained that we should walk in them. This is not an option. You can make it an option, but God doesn't, doesn't consider it an option. It's a command. He created us. We've been born again in Christ Jesus, and the works that He's created us to walk in are in Christ Jesus. He's ordained for us to walk in them, planned, laid out before us works, but they're in Christ Jesus. Now listen very carefully. All those that are out there teaching salvation by works, however they squirrel it up, however they try to use the Bible and make it sound that we are saved by grace, but, listen, no, no, no. We're saved by grace. It's free to you. If you have to work for it, it can't be free. You need to remember that and walk away from anybody that's trying to manipulate you with God's Word outside of its New Testament legitimacy of the Spirit and of righteousness. Hallelujah. That's Christ's righteousness. You hadn't got any on your own that'll let you in the kingdom. Hallelujah. It's His righteousness that allows you to come into the kingdom, and He only offers that to you through faith in the sacrifice which He provided at the cross. So, listen carefully. Those that teach you got to be water baptized to be born again, and I'll say it as I do all the time, you need to be water baptized as an outward show an outward show that you're already born again. Because water baptism is a work. It's something you and some preacher do. And folks that teach that saves, listen, if that saves, it, it, let me see if I can say it a better way. You're not in Christ. All the works that we're called to walk in are in Christ. They, they don't exist outside of Christ. So if you think water baptism saves you, that's a work you're doing before you're in Christ. For in Christ is only offered through faith in His death. Not a work you do. Titus 3.5 says, not by righteous work, any righteous works that we do, but it's by His mercy, praise God. Hallelujah. You understand that? If you think you have to do something to be saved, that work you're doing is not of it's not in Christ because you're not in Christ yet. And that work won't put you in Christ. So you have to be in Christ through faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, and then the water baptism is considered a work of God. Hallelujah. 
But if it's you doing something to get saved, to be born again, to become a child of God, this that work is not in Christ yet because you're not even in Christ yet. You don't get in by works. Amen? Praise God. That's good stuff. He goes on. Let's read verse 10 again before I close here in just a couple minutes. But glory and honor and peace to every man that works good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Praise God. Not just to Abraham's lineage, but to the whole world, us Gentiles. He's coming to render to every man according to their works. Watch this now, verse 11. Because there's no respect of persons with God. The Jew who quits, bad things going to happen. The Jew who keeps going, continuing with well-doing through faith in Christ and His sacrifice, Good things are coming, my friend. For the Gentile, the same things. Because God is not a respecter of persons. It is a sin to be a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. Hallelujah. And I'm glad to know that today. I'm so blessed to be here today sharing God's Word with you. And I tell you, it's just so wonderful to be learning what God, God's Word means. Most know what God's Word says. But until we come back to the gospel, the message of the cross, that's right, the truth. <clears throat> For God's written word is not the truth to us unless our faith is in what made the truth available to us. The truth that made us free was Christ and Him crucified. Not Christ, Christ and Him crucified. Without that second part, my friends, the word of God can't work in your life because you're not functioning in the place of obedience that you could be. It's a, it's, a, it's a profound revelation that most have never even heard in the church that you cannot even be walking in obedience because you're doing this, the Bible says do, or not doing this, the Bible says don't do, and then we classify ourselves as obedient. No, God has to stamp you as obedient. And the way He does that is through your faith, in that form of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness. Hallelujah. Romans 6, 17, and 18. And when that is what your faith is in, then, let me say it again, then the Holy Spirit can illuminate God's Word as your path and you can walk in truth and bear forth the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of His righteousness. Praise God. I hope this broadcast, this teaching session has been a blessing to you. It's our Romans teaching, and it's all uploaded at Curtis Hutchinson 316 on my YouTube channel. So avail yourself to that. Tune in every week, <clears throat> sometimes by Monday at lunch, Thursday at lunch, a new episode is aired. I'm praying about doing them live. Don't know how this worked out today, but be praying with me. The Word of God needs to be out there to a lost and dying world and a church that's backslidden away from the place God works. Psalms 33, 4, I'll leave you with this. For the Word of the Lord is right. Psalms 33, 4. For the Word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. Praise God. Until I see you again, stay determined to know nothing else but Christ and Him crucified. Praise God.